Welcome back to the Host Podcast, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. I am Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. And we're here to discuss episode two, Chestnut, that was released early on HBO Go. So we're actually getting this done before the Sunday episode is even aired because HBO Go, uh, if you have time and motivation like we do, you were able to sneak away and watch episode two before it airs on HBO Sunday night. So we'll have this hopefully out right before or right after you're done you just finished watching episode two. So episode two, episode one, uh, the beginning established basically was just mostly world establishing, you know, where we were looking at Westworld, um, just getting a lay of the land, so to speak, understanding sort of exactly not all the ins and outs, but the basic kind of functions of, of all the main characters up until that point. And Chestnut uh, was a very different. Chestnut is where we start walking down the paths of a couple of different characters and diving a little bit more into probably the intrigue that Westworld is probably hoping to establish as they go through the season and multiple seasons. And we can talk about, you know, maybe timeline stuff in a second. I am done with 90 seconds of just sort of backing this up and making sure we're on the same page about everything. James, your initial thoughts about Chestnut, we're going to dive into, I think what we'll do is we can kind of look at, go character by character and hope that it all interweaves back into itself from the forms of discussion. But what were your initial thoughts about Chestnut? Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, it's the first episode of two, so <laughs> we haven't had a lot of time. But uh, the first episode where we really take on the lens of the guests as they come into the world. Uh, we have William and Ben. Ben is the veteran of Westworld. He's been there before. And like a lot of the other returning guests that we've seen has kind of taken on, you know, this idea that being the bad guy is really how you get the biggest thrills out of Westworld. And then we have the more reluctant William who comes along and is trying to kind of get his feet wet, try to figure out what's going on in the context of the episode. Um, I actually found it really cool because, uh, you know, Jonathan Nolan said very early on with Westworld that his plan was for us to enter Westworld from the lens of the hosts, actually, and not of the guests, which is to say all we really know is what they choose to share with us. So, you know, that leaves open just tons and tons of possibilities. And, you know, the guests, for instance, know a lot more about what the outside world of Westworld is like. All we know is that it's at some point ambiguously in the future. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, these guests come in and they're they're trying to make their way through this very, very different life experience. And, and it's really interesting to see where they'll take things, right? Because William comes in and he wants to start off by being a good guy. But at least the narratives we've seen so far is that a lot of the people who come in with the white hat turn black hat eventually. So uh, that's kind of where we're at now. Well, William, of course, best known as one of the McPoyle brothers on It's Always Sunny with Philadelphia. So I'm used to, I'm yes, used to seeing him. I was him. trying to place it, but I was watching with my wife and I didn't want to make her pause it so I could look it up. I'm used Thank to seeing you. him just like walking around in a bathrobe, like looking a little slimy, trying to bang his, <laughs> yes, trying to right. bang his like twin brother. Um, <laughs> and so I had a little trouble getting over that to start. Like if, so he's got a pretty, um, he's, he's, got, he's got a great bit. Repart- so you think he part. should be typecast as well, he was, oh, the yeah, gay dude. twin? Well, right, if, if a McPoyle brother entered Westworld, it would be gay. Game on, right? <laughs> like, actually, I'm not even yeah. sure he would go because of his brother. But so anyway, once you're beside, once you're, once you're beyond, once you're beyond that sort of idea of him being a McCoyle, I it was funny about it was funny about William because, in some ways, Westworld, they, I'm not sure if they're being like cheeky about it or if they just want to make sure people are totally clear about things. So in the first episode, it was sort of like Dolores smacking the fly. It was like mm-hmm. overt 
no real other way to interpret it, though. I mean, I kind of had a different interpretation, though. I thought yours was correct. So I wouldn't hurt a fly. She does. You know, when he's standing at the when he's standing at the wall, staring at the black hat and white hat, and he walks out with the white hat, it was like it was so overt that it was to be yeah. like. So again, I'm hoping that it was just kind of this thing where you know, look, we're just, they're nodding at us and being like, look, wink, wink, we all get it, right? He's going to be the good guy, and that's why he chose the white hat. If they're not, I mean, that's definitely what it is. Right? Oh no, it's definitely what it means. I'm just wondering. I'm just hoping that they think more of the viewer than that. <laughs> sort of like that's that's more of what I mean. By- yeah, well, it was a a choice worth remarking on. I think that they decided to tell us and not show us in the first place that a lot of people come and do good and then eventually go evil, right? Like in the very first episode, they go ahead and there's a guy in the train who says, yeah, first I came with the family and then I went two two weeks of straight evil. It's the best two weeks of my life. And then they come in and, and we've got William now and he chooses the white hat. And of course, the question on everyone's mind is, you know, and, and I think the commentary that the show is continuing to offer is, are people becoming their quote unquote real self by coming to Westworld and becoming bad, right? Um, you know, we saw that obviously with the man in black who's been coming there for 30 years. Uh, we've seen that with Ben now as well. And we see just, you don't see many white hat people walking around the town. I don't know if you noticed that as well, but there's basically none. Um, so well, far, William's right. the only and, one that I've seen. And um, some so of that like, is just... Is that the commentary they're offering that... You know, people come in good and then they all go bad. Like that That's not very intriguing to me personally. Well, I think that Ford nods to that near the end of the episode, which we'll get to in a second about, you know, when they do that, like that Red River Odyssey idea um, near the end. Yeah. And he kind of shoots that. I don't want I'm, I don't want to skip to the end yet. So hold on. So we'll go back to Jimmy. So right. So the, he has the white hat and excuse me, uh, William, he has the white hat and he he makes this choice and it's clear that he's going to he, he's going to be this guy or at least we think he's going to be. We think there's going to be some piece um that connects with Dolores that sure seems like it's going to be the case already um that as sort of they as they meet eyes going forward so I don't know if we learn a ton about Jimmy I keep saying Jimmy because that's his real name because I was looking looking at his actor's name I don't (laughs) know if we learned a ton about William uh in this but except to establish his maybe Westworld protagonist role going forward and that's kind of where we end with him and just as that newbie walking in off the train you know, fresh, fresh meat, whatever. And that's who he's going to be. Yeah. Well, he's the only redeeming guest that we've seen so far. And yeah, the him and Dolores connection will be an interesting one because, you know, a lot of the hosts, frankly, are not the greatest either. Right. They've all got like Dolores, as far as we can see so far is the only one that doesn't openly have blood on her hands. Um, even like Teddy, they, they referred to, you know, he's got the gun and, and, uh, Maeve, the, the madam, uh, said, to her, you know, or said to Teddy rather, you know, at least when the things we do doesn't leave blood on our hands or something to that effect. So, yeah, there aren't a lot of redeemable characters in Westworld altogether. So when we see one, we should probably take note. Sort of the only other piece that um, from the West, I would say the Westworld side of things from the hosts, at least we see. Well, I guess there's two other pieces. There's the first is Dolores, who has clearly not been reprogrammed in the way that they were hoping for. And I think when I say they were hoping for, it is very clear now that people have different motivations when it's coming to the mm. hosts, even from within the Westworld brass, I would say, or the Yeah, well there's the Bernard Camp who like and I think Ford, he's the that's the name of Anthony Hopkins' character, right? Correct. Yeah, it's a their camp is clearly like, let's get these people as human as possible. And then there's a kind of the more profit driven corporate side, uh, featured by the guy with the accent who wanted to do that. River run. Well, I'm not positive that I'm actually not positive that Bernard's 
and Ford's um, motivations are aligned at this Maybe point. Maybe not perfectly aligned, but it's they both they both seem to value very highly, kind of like the uh, like they have that hacker mentality, right? Like for them, it's super fascinating to, for these characters to take on more and more and more lifelike characteristics. And I think, you know, the big this is an Icarus question, right? Like, are they going to fly too close to the sun and actually make essentially human beings and then get screwed well, over? Well, so then okay, so then I was not going to go this direction, but I will now. What do you make of the two? the two interactions that Bernard has, the one with Dolores where he basically says kind of like that <laughs> predator-ish, don't tell anyone our conversation kind of thing. Um, and then you make sure you haven't, you know, you make sure you erase all the things we've talked about. And then you have the other piece where he and, and I actually don't remember her name off the top of my head, the, the woman who kind of heads up operations. Yeah. Was that? His girlfriend. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they're together. <laughs> and she has, she's clearly communicating with the board and he's wondering about their communications, and it seems as if maybe their end games are aligned, and that might not be aligned with Ford. Like, does that not? Does well, so, that not yeah, I, hear what you say. I actually didn't take Bernard's uh, interaction with Dolores as as predatory necessarily. I thought it was more like like he seems to be more advocating for the hosts and advocating for them to take on this humanity, and he's worried that Dolores might have a glitch. And I think he was more, you know, trying to erase that conversation so she wouldn't essentially spill the beans to someone else. So that's how I interpreted yeah that I, I guess i'm not willing to just totally put him in like the good guy camp yet and i think yeah, okay. um that's more where i was going for that so dolores she clearly is not is not reprogrammed she is having these flights of um i guess to her it's like flights of remembering pieces of things that have happened to her before there's some mm -hmm. other piece of communication going on with her and there's also this piece where she has something within her that has been – it appears as if it was passed to her by Abernathy through a conversation and she's now able right. to pass it almost virus-like um, if you want to look at it as um, a negative. Possibly, mm -hmm. you know, it could be – it doesn't – it need not be a virus. It could be something positive for sure. Um, but she's able to pass it to uh, Than, uh, Maeve who yep. – uh, in who is running up the brothel in this storyline at least is running up the brothel. It's clear that she has memories of a horrific – uh, Native American attack in her, you know, latent in her memory. What did you think of how that story, that storyline is unfolding? Do you see this piece of information that they're able to pass from host to host as like, did you see like in that same way? I, like I said, I, I called it a virus. I don't know if you saw it the same way. No, I think that's exactly what it is. And, you know, it's always interesting because computers in many ways are so similar to human beings. Like, you know, we need to be turned off and turned back on sometimes when we have problems and, you know, we can spread viruses around and get our programming all gummed up. And so, yeah, I think it's very appropriate. It's really interesting, though, because, you know, of course, the big thing going on here is the nature of artificial intelligence and, and particularly with machine learning, uh, which is something, you know, we've dabbled in a little bit for our day job, I guess. And, right. you know, machine learning, the really crazy thing about it, of course, is when you can teach a computer to learn on its own, it's capable of learning at an incredible rate. And right now people use that, like in modern times, people use that for things like calculating accurate real estate prices and, you know, projecting stock trajectories and like for us, projecting fantasy sports players. But right. um, in, if you can teach computers to get even better and do that, you know, with uh, interpersonal relationships and, you know, how to get what they want and be ambitious and stuff like there's some really pretty crazy implications that I think the show is going to let us play with. So when you see now, how do you see? So Maeve, Maeve's character, she kind of ends up going off the rails a little bit in terms they can't really fix her. And whatever piece of sort of enlightenment has been brought to or whatever button is being clicked on within some of these uh, in some of these hosts to get them thinking in a different way. Do mm -hmm. you see that as 
continuing to spread. I don't, I'm, I'm almost going to say like, almost like religion. And I was going to kind of hold that off to the end. But um, uh-huh. I guess, do you see them sort of finding, okay, I guess, do you see it as a positive or negative thing? I called it a virus because I, I felt like it was the, a computer-based thing. But do you think it ultimately, is this like the ultimate end goal for the host to all become enlightened? And that's sort of what Ford is pointing them toward? Or do you think it's like an uprising? Like, cause it mean like computers need not always turn on us. Right. <laughs> like they, like there's, yeah. if you saw the well, movie, they could, her they could get, become enlightened and help us become better. Right? Sure. Like, like in the movie, her Joaquin Phoenix's character, like falls in love with his AI and it's right. all kind of just good. And then whatever, they, they didn't try to blow up the world to set off nuclear bombs or whatever. So um, <laughs> exactly. th- there's plenty. Well, if they of do it well, it's going to be a shades of gray thing once again. And it seems like they're on the path towards doing it. Well, you know, these characters have sort of different, you know, ways to interpret their oncoming humanity. So like in Maeve's case, she's having these terrible nightmares. And, you know, I thought the the piece where they were saying that the characters were taught to understand what dreams are in case they ever do scratch on these latent memories. I thought that was very, very interesting. But um, in Maeve's case, like she's obviously just kind of having a nervous breakdown because her violent memories are so terrible that it's just hard for her. Like once she's tapping into that, it's kind of hard to just continue to, to be a happy go lucky prostitute, right? Like that's not the easiest thing to do. Um, so I think it's, it remains to be seen. I would suspect that something like this would have really different effects on all sorts of different people. Like some people would rightfully be outraged or hosts, I should say some hosts are going to rightfully be outraged. Some are going to say, well, Hey, we still have good lives, you know, like, um, you know, just like if in real life we all find out we were hosts, like we would all take it very differently. So um, I'm very curious to see how that plays out across the different hosts. Yeah, it's funny because if you subscribe to the like we're all living in the simulation theory, which mm. I don't know, I'm increasingly subscribing to over the time, <laughs> um, sure. just sort of like especially like more the more and more batshit crazy stuff that happens. Um, I'm just <laughs> I, I'm like become further and further convinced that like this is the this is the game just really, really fucking with us to the point where like, let's see what crazy thing these guys will take now. Let's you know? turn up the aggression on the politician. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't want to say it outright because I don't really want to get down that road. But like um, that is kind of where I see it. It's like, well, let's just see. Yeah, let's see what they can take. Let's see what they'll go for. Right. This is crazy. Let's see if they'll just all go straight evil. Anyway, um, I that, that to me is an interesting storyline. I'm going to skip. I want to wait for Ford to the end because it was the end of the episode. So I'll wait on him. The other guy that we catch up with again is Ed Harris's character is the man in black. Definitely, I, for me, the most intriguing character, though I don't know if I will be intrigued with him for long if this is the if this is the line that he continues to take all the way through because from a character standpoint, I find him pretty uh, grating, I think, not like and not like in a super intriguing grating way. Like no. it's nice that he's on a cool quest it, it seems like, but from a character standpoint, I just am not finding myself caring much about him totally. That just could be an actor tour. Yeah, well, we're up to 120 minutes of television so far. And we have, is it exactly five scenes of him just shooting four or more people in a scene? Like that's, uh, I've I've had my fill of that as well. So the most, <laughs> right, exactly. And it's just kind of like, we get it. You can kill everyone. That's been well established. Like I'm not sure he needed the, sh- the, right. the showdown in that quasi sort of like, New Mexican, Arizonish town that looked like it was on the like border town that he appeared well, he had already in. just done that with the sheriff people. Well, so, right, like, exactly. So I, again, there's I, no drama there. No, there was <laughs> yeah. no drama, and I'm just not sure what they're trying to accomplish with things like that because, right. except for to kind of fill time and just make him look badass. But again, his badassery has been well established. We need not for sure. Well, there was one interesting thing I thought that came from the interaction with uh, the villain guy and his family, which is. 
this question about the host. So like, you know, the hosts are programmed to interpret a bunch of different situations. Obviously they are, you know, in tune with who their family are, right? Like Dolores gets really upset when her dad gets sick. And then we see this arch villain guy, you know, he's kind of saying like, I don't know where the maze is. I, you know, I, I, I do know that it does exist, you know, and he's like on the fence about sharing the information. He watches his wife get shot, you know, um, but like, so they do have this humanity aspect to them where they care about their loved ones. But then it strikes me as very odd that the little girl, like, why would she, like, what would, what would that guy be afraid of? You know, like the villain guy, why would he hold that information back if it could save his wife? And then why did the girl just kind of straight facedly say, Oh yeah, I can show you where the entrance is or whatever. Like I just thought that was very odd. And I, do you have any take on that? Like why? I'm not how, sure. Some part way? of me, some part of me sometimes wonders how many times the man in black has played out a scenario, like sort of like tr- cheat mm. code kind of stuff. Like how many times did you try up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right? You know, like the original person until they figured like when out. You what... can save your progress as you're going through a game and you're like, whoop, that made the dragon kill me. Let's try this one exactly. more time. Exactly. Like, so I wonder if we get to it, if we figure out that Ed Harris has sort of been running the same sort of scenarios over and over again till he finds the thing that gets him, like maybe he's had that interaction a hundred times already. Right. Like, no, but he, he remarks, I mean, maybe he's full of shit, but he remarks in that one as in that one beginning sentence where he says, I never knew this was here. Gotcha. And that's okay. what I love about Westworld. And that actually refers back to what Ford says that people love about Westworld, which is like, it's the details, you know, it's all the little things. And I never knew you had a family. Like I had went gone and, raping and pillaging with you for all those years and you never told you know i thought that was really uh i thought that was actually super super well done so it does seem like he's now he's progressed farther in the game i do agree with you i think he has played these scenarios out multiple 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 times but um it does seem like he's advanced farther and that's kind of why he's also extra bloodthirsty and and really motivated to try and see it through yeah i'm not sure why the girl would give it up at that point except sort of like a means to an end scenario which it got him to his end, which was to take, which was to find whatever the doorway, I can't remember what he refers to it as the doorway or the, um, yeah, the entrance, the entrance. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, I think anytime with shows like this, it's going to be hard because there are just going to be narrative inconsistencies that don't totally line up mostly because you can think about all this stuff and you can write, you know, the hell out of a show, which West people from Westworld have clearly done. And I think there will just be times when, there's guys like you and me and a whole internet culture that's willing to just pick apart really all the other little the little mistakes. It could just end up being sort of a – they thought it would kind of look good to have him care about something or just have this girl sort of be like the wise one and just not really think that maybe it's not totally consistent with the way the rest of the world works. So I, I hmm. it could be it could be that. It could just be like a slip up in writing. I, I'm not totally sure. It didn't make totally – the whole scene really didn't really make any sense to me except that <laughs> – Well, like, maybe it will all come together. I, I there's a lot of complex moving parts in this show. So I suspect, and you know, any good show like dopes like us aren't going to be able to figure out every single thing before it happens. So I'm fine not knowing at this point, and I'm going to continue giving them my trust because it's, you know, there's so much sweet stuff going on in this world that I just want it to work out. So one thing, uh, but that, that definitely felt a little, confusing. a thing with HBO for sure, that gives me promise in, with shows like this, as opposed to just this being aired on it. I mean, clearly this similarly, this would never work on a network, but where HBO gets uh, the benefit of the doubt from me is that they understand one pl- timing of plots like they're fine to just cut game of thrones game of thrones is a total cash cow and they're just totally fine cutting it off when they feel like the story's told and it's all done you know they've done that really along the way with most things i mean they did it to some degree with sopranos so that might have been more of a james gandolfini thing but they 
HBO will simply not let something, they, they kill it before it dies, right? And so um, that's where I hold out a lot of hope for shows like this, that it will be able, to, be able to keep it tight all the way through. That being said, it does it does set me back a little bit when I think we just get wasted scenes like the one we mentioned before. So, um, yeah. I, I'm, for, the, but for the most part, I'm just throwing shade on just this one very, very, very minor aspect. He, walk, he tramps off with the... Um, Clifton Collins character and they go to presumably find I can't remember the exact clue that she gave something about snakes and water follow or something. the blood arroyo to yeah. the place where the snake lays its eggs <laughs> right exactly that was a little little ham-fisted as well but um I think I nailed it yeah perfect so he walks off we don't really get uh too much more with him except that he seems to be getting closer to his endgame one thing I did find interesting that was not a throwaway line was the the park uh employees Westworld employees are clearly aware of him and, you know, they show him on the video screen going to the higher ups and saying the higher up of security and saying, hey, do you want me to go get realist guy in, man? He's just like just taking out half the freaking world, you know, right now. Yeah. Kill the whole posse. And they're like, no, that guy can do whatever he wants. So, yeah, yeah, that was, you know, so now it's been established that because I was wondering before, I think we wondered in the first podcast are the Westworld employees, I'm calling saying employees to differentiate between the guests, the hosts and then those sure. who work within the office. Um were they aware of what Ed Harris's character is doing? And it's clear that at least some are, right? Like, yeah, for sure. So that that's interesting. So now you just wonder at who's he's working for someone or his motives benefit someone. He need not necessarily be working for someone, but someone is aware of him and likes the game that he's playing and wants to see it out to whatever conclusion they can get from it. So mm-hmm. that that establishes for me at least um, continued intrigue there. I hope there. I hope we get some backstory on him. Yeah, absolutely. The last piece I thought which was, and then we're going to get into some, maybe some fan theories that were thrown out there that we were reading about before this, that we will either will kind of rate as interesting, you know, good, bad, or totally indifferent to. But the last one is the Ford character, Anthony Hopkins's character and what we get from him, which is just a little bit more. And honestly enough for me to, this is what actually gave me some promise for the show. So he walks into the world. Well, first he shoots down the the Red River Odyssey idea, which I thought was a totally hilarious scene. Uh, where yeah, the, the guy describes it and then says, well, "Was there anything you liked?" That was I thought that was just perfectly perfectly managed from a <laughs> from, from a writing standpoint. Um, what did you think about Hopkins's interaction with the boy he? I'm not even going to say he meets the boy he is talking to uh, when he comes up off the elevator into Westworld. Now, do you think that so? Quick question. Do you think that boy is a real boy or is he a host? Hmm. I mean, that boy, I mean, I thought he was clearly a host. No, you thought he was clearly a host. I mean, doesn't he, he responds to a, he responds to a voice command, um, that Anthony Hopkins gives him. Yeah. And he kind of goes dead faced and walks away and walks away. I didn't think he was a host until that moment, but I was like, Whoa. I did not either. I suspected, right? Well, actually, <laughs> that was weird. I almost hesitated to say what I was was thinking was going to happen, but I'll just say it now because whatever. Being honest, my I was and I was really hoping against it. I was hoping that part of this wasn't created for Anthony Hopkins's character to be some like basically kind of child molester. Um, that was where my brain went first when he was really? sort of just okay. walking this kid off into the desert that he had come up. And I was so okay. Anyway, that didn't play out. But I just want to be honest about what I was thinking when I was kind of watching it the first time. And like maybe that's his sort of going evil style. Um, yeah. So okay. Well, I, I think for him, I I would be shocked if he ever went outright evil. I think he like really believes in this as a, you know, as a way to create a better world or whatever. Oh so, no, I'm clear on it now. Um, I'm just telling you what I was thinking. He definitely has like a very strange relationship with these hosts. Like, um, I one one little throwaway thing from the middle of the show that I really liked was how Bernard um, 
really encourages the hosts to talk to each other. And that was what really pointed to the fact that the hosts are not programmed just to do what they're told, but that they do have machine learning in place where he's like, yeah, they practice, they get better at being, being more human, you know? And so Anthony Hopkins character though, is the only one that seems to go and interact with the host in character. And that certainly really differentiates him from basically everyone else that works for the company. Right. So, um, yeah, I just find that to be fascinating. Now, I was going to ask if if we, if we can if we can agree that that kid is a host of some sort. Yeah, it sounds like we is can. is that kid a younger version of Anthony Hopkins? Like, is that what that kid was be, be, created to be? Wow, that's actually a, a really I, I definitely didn't consider that. So you have that little interaction where he says, "My father used to say only boring people get bored," and the kid is like, "Me too." Right. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know what I think? Right. So it's like that fantasy. I mean, I do this with my own kids, right? I'm like, I'm going to give my kids all the things that I never had growing up. And I think that's a really common thing. So that's a, that's really interesting. The kid has a British accent and everything too. That's really funny. Well, it could, or he could just be alluding to that. Anthony Hopkins is his father. You know, my father says that that's his dad. I, I think, I think, oh, I think they're, they're related in some, or they're meant to appear related in some way. Like I know, and even hmm. down to the way they were dressed, which was very similar. Yep, I noticed. So, that. I mean, again, it's all, it's all old sort of old Westy garb, especially the way that the kids are going to dress formally more than we would now, more than our punk kids would now, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, show no respect, but, uh, the, your daughter dresses pretty formally to be fair. <laughs> that's very true. It's <laughs> that's, couldn't be, couldn't be farther from the case. So, um, so the final thing with Hopkins is, and again, this is this to me felt like just, sort of almost the equivalent of uh, the William character going and grabbing the white hat, which is to say, I'm going to play. I'm, he shoots down the Red River Odyssey piece and then walks off, shows Bernard the the, the cross, right? And so, yeah. I don't know if you I, before I say what my thinking was. What was your thought when when you saw that? Um, I felt my mind started racing on what the big religious religion based plot would be, I right. guess where I was like, huh? Well, cause it is one thing that's kind of lacking from Westworld is a sense of morality. Um, like there's the sheriff and he like can bring people off and go find the bad guy in the mountains. But I wonder what a morality based plot in Westworld looks like if that's where, if that's the direction it's headed. Um, or is well, it like a new alternative for people to go and interact with? Um, just as, yeah, it's something totally fresh. I, I don't know. I have I no think, idea where that's headed. Do you have a thought? Well, I think if you're looking at like Westworld as being, if, if you're, okay. So if you're looking at it as like straight up religious, um, arc where a lot, and a lot of sci-fi goes this way, like Battlestar Galactica went this way big time where they, they even went over the top with like the God piece. I thought like just really ramming it down your yep. throat that as these characters and, and, and even like the, uh, the aliens, excuse me, the robots sort of like on their quest for religion, it's an easy way to go because, it's the best comp for like enlightenment and morality without just calling it enlightenment and morality. Because yeah, you, well, and religion is a major theme in essentially every single fantasy or sci-fi right. thing ever written. You know, whether it's the lack of God or you know how the gods in that world play out. And this one already has the serious religious overtones with Anthony Hopkins as God of Westworld. You know? Right, and if you look at it, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah, and they're going to hit their low, and now we're going to wipe oh. it out and kind of come back from it, and they're go and we're going to have everyone sort of find whatever the form of God is, this is where I thought mm -hmm. it was obvious. It was like, oh, I'm going to take it in a new direction and I'm going to go the religious route. That's where, I mean, it's cool. It was, it seemed to me to be like sort of in your face. And I've just, I get a little bit concerned when shows go, go this way. I get why they do because they need to route an idea in something. And in this case, the easiest thing to do is route it into religion because people understand it. I'm not mm -hmm. totally sure it's the way to go from, just a storytelling piece. So you should shoot him an email. 
Yeah, I probably will actually. I'll just actually shoot in the podcast and say, hey, give it a listen because I have some critiques. Anyway, I think it's it's interesting, <laughs> but I'm also in sort of in the been there, done that piece with that with the robot and religion. So I'm not. I, I didn't totally excite me in the way that maybe the Westworld people thought it would. But maybe that's just me being kind of douchey with it. So I don't know. I don't want to go overboard on it. I just think it, it's it, it ultimately could be cool, but it wasn't just it didn't like wow 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 me at the end. Let's go and break down. I'm gonna throw out we looked up a couple of just Westworld theories. Whenever you get a show like this, the internet be, just comes alive with people with their ideas about stuff. And <laughs> the uh, and I'll give you honest with you, a lot of it's really cool. So I'm not really kind of put it down. Um, there's a bunch out there, so I don't want to. We could spend an entire podcast going through the theories. Three quarters of them will be shot down the next episode. Give me some interesting ones. When, okay, so here's the first one. Some of the human characters that we see in, working in the Westworld offices are actually robots. Like, let's say Bernard is actually a host, but he's working. He's like he's an Anthony Hopkins creation, but he's actually working in 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 the Westworld offices, and no one else knows. And no one else knows. Ooh, that would be pretty bananas. Um, I, I would be stunned. Bernard's not one. I don't think. I'm, yeah. I'm using Bernard as an example of right. just a character, so as to distinguish him from, like, just to give to ground people in what this theory can mean. Like, so Bernard or or one of the other, some of the other workers there are actually part of this overall simulation as well. Uh, and I just thought of a format for this. We can go back and forth. You give me one, and then I give you one. And I've, on this one, I will call shenanigans on. For sure on Bernard, and I think I call shenanigans in general just because I don't really see the point of it. Okay. I don't know what that would really add, personally. Fair enough. Go. All right. This one I, I like. This is one I believe, and I'm going to throw it off you. Westworld is only one of many of the different worlds in the theme park. So, like, yeah, that you one, know. That one I buy because that is actually how the – that and, again, I haven't seen it, but we mentioned this last, po- last podcast, the movie – version of this is there were multiple worlds and yeah. it was like Roman world, West world. And I promised myself I'm medieval, look world. medieval world. And that one is totally logical because if you're playing out simulations, it makes sense to have them sort of side by side. And, and so if you, they've been doing it for 30 years, right. like then they're making just tons and tons of money. Like not everyone wants to do wild West. Like some people want to do classic fantasy. Some people want to do whatever, you know, it would be shocking um, to me if this was the only world, like it would be a, Frankly, it'd be a mistake, I think, if they had you believe that everyone just wanted to do a Wild West fantasy. So I think if we got to the end of it and – and look, look, this could be like the reveal at the end. I don't think they need to work on establishing yeah. oh, a spinoff. Um, so I don't think they need to like establish any of these other worlds. But it would be it would be lazy, I think, if we were to believe in this like sort of perfect world. Because I think we're meant to believe the outside world has solved a lot of its issues. Like – I think Anthony Hopkins' character mentions that they've kind of cured a lot of diseases and they don't have tons and tons of issues out in the quote real world. And so that's right. why these things exist. So anyway, yes, I'm, I'm, I, I totally believe that one as well. Let me give you one. So this one, there's two that have to do with the man in black. The one is that there's a reference to a critical – they say something along the lines of we haven't had a critical failure in 30 years. And mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins – excuse me um, – the man in black's character references that he's been coming there for 30 years. Is he either that critical failure that they referred to, or was he like the cause of that critical failure? You think? Ooh, I don't know. So I, I, it does seem to be that's, that's spot on the, uh, the timeframe, isn't it? 
seems like it's probably too good to be a coincidence. I, I wouldn't have any idea. Um, I mean, maybe his big turning point was like he was involved in that, and that's like set him off on this quest to try to figure out mm. the. Uh, I like that. The hidden game, you know. Yeah. Um, seems like he spent an awful lot of time coming here and <laughs> dicking around in his cowboy's outfit to figure that out. But you know, who knows? This place obviously means a lot to him, so that that would make a ton of sense. Like maybe, and especially Dolores is the oldest host. How about this? Dolores is the oldest host. He obviously has an affection for Dolores and a fondness for her. I wonder if, I mean, she would have been around for that critical failure if she's the oldest existing host. So I wonder if there's some. Well, that's some actually my other. Here's the other man in black him. theory. It, it it actually involves Dolores. Dolores. When when the man in black drag in the first episode drags her into the barn and mm-hmm. and it's it, it's mostly it's supposed to allude to a rape I believe but yes. what if that was him reprogram reprogramming her um, what what where he so this is an, I'm not again these are theories I read online I'm not uh, I'm not claiming to have come up with these that was actually her turning point was he goes in there and repro- in fact he's found a way to reprogram especially someone like Dolores who actually carries weight within. Because she's been a historically, you know, she's a, she's sort of a linchpin to a lot of their stuff. He goes in there. He doesn't actually, you know, commit an assault on her, but he actually reprograms her. Yeah, I like that one. I think that's really a, a really good one. I mean, because he obviously, he knows so much more about the world than everyone else, right? Like even the scalping thing. Like how did he, how would he know that that guy had random stuff underneath a scalp? Like I wonder if he's able to get in there somehow and access the code because one interesting thing that we see here is that the the hosts do have verbal cues that they play off of Mm -hmm. so if he noticed those if he was around you know and from time to time the outside the the employees will come in and break character and have to clean up and all that kind of thing so you know he could definitely just be lurking around and learning the tricks of the trade 30 years is an awfully long time and that would go back to the he's playing it out you know he'll play it out as many times as he needs to um, like this, like the beyond the Tom Cruise film where he, you know, the alien race kind of resets time. That he's he'll just go out and do it as many times as it takes to get it right. And if he's just like, I have time, I'm never leaving, so I'll just keep doing this over and over and over again every day till I get it right. I love that theory. I think it's correct. Their their futures are aligned, or excuse me, their paths are aligned clearly. Um, and if he knew how to do that, and it would also really, the, I had read a quote that early on that it said. Because there was people that there was people that criticized that that scene early and said, "Oh my God, they just threw you know they just couldn't help themselves." HBO threw in a rape in like the first thirty minutes of the first show. They just you know because they just you know stole the Game of Thrones still. because they can yeah, yeah just <laughs> they can. But the uh, Dolores character had kind of said, "No, no, that actually means something else," which is probably where that theory came from. So I, I like that mm-hmm. idea. I think that that scene where he drags her into the barn is not the last time we've seen that kind of come up within the context of the show. Did you have any more? Yes, go two more. So this is another Man in Black one. Um, it's a play off the one that you said earlier, but what if the man in black is actually the, the critical, the way he was involved in the critical failure is that he actually is an Android and he was the first one to sort of come to enlightenment and like hack the system somehow. And I guess, I don't know why they would tolerate him if that's the case. And they were like openly aware of it. But, um, if he cracked the system and now has spent his time in in Westworld, just kind of looking for answers. Well, that know? was that plays off of, and I think we may have seen the same source on this, but that plays off if you're looking at the show as a continued a continuation of the movie. The movie Man in Black was a robot, and that had gone bad. And so, oh, okay. if you yeah, see, I didn't that, see that, we'll say it again. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. So if you see that as one leading into the other, that theory makes perfect sense. I'm on board with that one also being the case, especially if they're nodding back to the original movie and want to see it as, hey, you saw this. Now go and see this because it's the it's sort of like how the story continues. So I could I could definitely see that one being the case. 
Okay, the last one I had was, do you think that Ford is openly trying to sabotage Westworld? Like he thinks it's becoming too corporate and it's not all about, you know, you see this all the time when there's like yeah. an original visionary person, maybe they sell their company or, you know, bring on a board or whatever. They think it's getting away from the original intention. And now he's actively going in and maybe the updates, what if the updates weren't a glitch? What if he was deliberately trying to sabotage things by moving them slowly, but surely in the direction of essentially becoming human? I'd be shocked if it wasn't the case, really. Um, you think so? You So you think that he's openly, you know, he's in open warfare with the the uh, the board or the managers or whoever they yeah they I'm almost totally I'm almost totally convinced I think that's hmm. what the whole show is going to be built on basically um, that those two that he does not like the direction it's gone that he is under fire from the higher ups the money making piece of it and just basically everything mm-hmm. you said I think that is the central conceit of the entire show from his character's point of view at least I think there's other mm-hmm. there's other moral ramifications and ethical pieces that of course are 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 kind of woven in there but I think from his character's point of view. That is 100% what it is because if you see that his next goal is to um, create sort of enlightenment and religion among these characters, that mm. seems in direct contrast to anything that makes that yeah. place money. And so – or at least makes the money in, the, in its current form because we haven't seen – you know, we haven't seen anyone – yet really come there for the you know the peace and serenity of it we've seen them you know to fuck shit up and that it's 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 pretty like it's a pretty easy a to b that kind of stuff makes money the other stuff doesn't but that's just where he sees it going so yeah i think i'm i'm totally 100 on board with that one i dig it all right looking forward to more theories hey buddy i'm sure after we after three quarters of those are debunked in, in episode three we'll have plenty more to stew on for uh for the next time Thanks, everyone, for visiting us. Uh, The Host Podcast will be here every week discussing and breaking down HBO's Westworld. And we'll be back next week to discuss Episode 3. Hope you enjoyed The Chestnut, and we'll talk to you again next time. Adios.